Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. This is the sound of Christianity as the pagan Romans might have heard it nearly 2,000 years ago. Middle Eastern echoes of a church that began in the first century after the death of Jesus, the Armenian Apostolic Church. Armenian culture and language spread across the Eastern Mediterranean in the first centuries of Christianity. The cities of Sasan, Yerevan, Van, ancient Armenian cities. Armenians retain a large presence in the old city of Jerusalem. Yerevan is the capital of present-day Armenia that lies south of Georgia, north of Iran, and east of Turkey, where much of ancient Armenia can still be found. But it's a place full of ghosts today. That's the sound of the Yerevan Genocide Memorial Ceremony in Armenia commemorating today, a hundred years since the start of mass killings of Armenians by Ottoman Turks. One hundred years ago, it was an officially sanctioned extermination that began. People who could see the Ottoman Empire collapsing began exterminating and expelling Armenians from their ancient lands. A million people died. Families were decimated and fled. Today, an estimated 150,000 Armenians live in the New York tri-state region, including a family, the Abashans, who lived next door to me in the town of Vestal, New York. There was never a hint of the genocide that may have brought their family to North America, but in my travels in the Middle East in the 1980s, there were many encounters with the old abandoned Armenian churches, Armenian grave sites, artifacts of a vanished culture in eastern Turkey. Our next guest is a woman who grew up in her own hidden history. Aida Zilalian's debut novel, The Legacy of Lost Things, looks at the difficult lives of three generations of Armenian-American immigrants in Queens, New York, and the hints of tragedy that nothing, not even a century of forgetting, can ever erase. I came from a family where my parents had a very unfortunate marriage, and I definitely felt very trapped. I felt also very insulated because I was raised. It was such a traditional upbringing for me. I went to Armenian school five days a week. I went to Saturday school, and I went to Sunday school. Initially, I remember when my mom raised me, she really, they had pressed me to marry an Armenian person, and I remember being in my early 20s and saying, I'm not doing that. And so I was a very cagey and itchy kind of adolescent, I guess. And so I always felt like I needed to break free. And the novel, you know, the theme of the novel starts with the idea of the genocide and how that theme of escape just keeps echoing through one generation to the next. And that relates to me personally as well. And you, as a writer, um, begin to explore this wider story of your own family. I mean, you, you use David Sedaris as a mentor, um, which is, seems to me dangerous territory. How do you give yourself permission to talk about personal issues within your own family, but also understanding that they're part of a big narrative that's uh, part of history? Well, originally when I started writing short stories, it was creative nonfiction, and I definitely got into a lot of trouble. 
because the pieces would get published. So fiction is a thinly veiled reality for me where I can't say that everything that happens in the book is exactly the way it carried out between my parents. But if you love me, forgive me. That's where I draw my characters from and their flaws. And I think it's really interesting to write about. And, uh, you know, singer stories in the, the Jewish community became this huge sort of cultural treasure. But he also must have gotten into extraordinary amounts of trouble. In the same way, I think David Sedaris is telling a story of weird, fringy America that I can't imagine doesn't get him into all kinds of trouble. Um, but nevertheless, it's a story that needs to be told. Did you feel like you were compelled to tell this story? Or do you really think that uh, people just need to understand uh, about the Armenians amongst us? I was compelled to tell the story because there's so much literature about the genocide. There's so much nonfiction about the genocide. And absolutely, uh, the survivors suffered more than any other. However, I don't think there's been any fiction written about the toll that it takes on the first generations who are born here. And I'm sorry to use the word, but the legacy that we inherit, which is walking the fine line between being Armenian and being American and not knowing where you are in that, mm -hmm. what you're adopting, what you're abandoning is such a strong word, but sort of letting go of to figure out who you are in all of it. So that trauma is so strong that when you say to your mother, no, I'm not marrying an Armenian, in a sense, she looks back at you with a, oh, great. So you're going to be a part of the whole stamp us out. Definitely. Wow. I, I think I think that was probably her initial reaction. And um, I'm fortunate because I married somebody who's American, who an, um, he embraces the Armenian culture. And I mean, this wasn't something that I pressed upon him, but he understands the language. My daughter speaks it. She's two and a half, but she speaks it. She understands it very well. And those are the things that I chose to carry through as, as well as many other things in my, in my culture. There's a huge literature in the United States about the scars of the Holocaust in that those scars are carried even though the, the narrative of Jewish Americans is all about the Nazis didn't succeed uh, in eradicating Judaism from the face of the earth. Um, a, a different argument can be made about Armenians in the sense that uh, it, it looked for a long time as though the perpetrators of the Armenian genocide did succeed. Are there similar scars, whether you succeed or don't succeed, in, in having a people um, sort of disappeared I think the scars are very different because there's been no recognition made and it we're approaching 100 years now. And I think that in order to move on, we need validation and there doesn't seem to be any validation uh, despite the staggering amount of documentation about that awful moment in our history. My grandfather was a survivor. I'm, I'm the Lazalelian. I mean, I kept my maiden name because... My grandfather's entire family was killed. He was orphaned at the age of four, wandering from one village to another. And it's still very emotionally vivid for you. It is. Um, my father, he was the last uh, Zalelian. Male. You're still carrying it on. Yes. So this book is really a part of, of carrying that story forward, no matter how much trouble it gets you into. Absolutely. Um, well, a remarkable 
story and uh, very much alive um, in the legacy of lost things. Aida Zalalian, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. It was wonderful.